0: Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC.
1: everybody, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. We are so glad that you're joining us again for another episode, getting to chat with SBC women across the planet and how they are using their giftings and passions to further the kingdom of God. Today, I get to welcome a new friend, Katie Allred, to the show. Katie, welcome. Hello.
2: How are you doing?
1: (laughs) We're doing good. So we're in the midst of this pandemic um, and, you know, we scheduled this before, obviously everything started shutting down and stuff, but I am really excited to have you because I think this is going to be a pretty practical uh, episode for all of women leaders across the globe. So why don't you tell us a little bit. For such a time as this. For such a time as, yes, let's just go ahead and quote Esther. Um, So why don't you tell us (laughs) a little bit about you? Where are you recording from? Like, how are you connected to the SBC? And then we are going to get into a ton of just practical content today. So just tell us a little bit about you.
2: Sure. Okay. So I'm Katie Allred. I am a professor at the University of Mobile, which is Southern Baptist College located in Mobile, Alabama. I grew up in the SBC, was licensed to minister in the SBC at 18, so relatively kind of young. Interesting, um, okay. Yeah, I think that's an interesting part of my story. It is. Yeah, it doesn't happen for a lot of women, and then especially for me to be that young, I think like God has just really um, shown me from a very young age that he's called me and equipped me, and I think my church realized that from a very young age too, which is cool. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's about me. Uh, well, and I also run a Facebook group called Church Communications. Uh, it's churchcommunications.com too, if you wanna go visit our website. it We help churches communicate the gospel more clearly, but we also help with marketing, branding, live streaming has been really important during this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so we've helped churches figure out how could they can do community online. That's really my big passion is community on the internet. And it's so funny. It's been the thing that I've been harping on for years now, <laughs> like literally years. I've been like how your church can create community online and like what would happen tomorrow if we didn't have a building, we only had to communicate on the internet. And it happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. And now your website is getting flooded. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting
2: flooded. Yeah. You know, And so, and I'm happy to like, you know, give my very generic talk about how you can not just reach your church because like, that's good. We do need to like create small groups and fellowship, but how do you reach your community? How do you reach mm-hmm. the people around you and help them? Uh, you, like physically help them, but also like mentally help them. Like how can you create communities online? uh within your actual geographic area and just, you know, have community, have fellowship with each other. So, mm,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, y'all, this is going to be a super practical episode, but I want to go back a little bit to kind of your story and where you, how you got where you are. Um, sure. so the 18 and being ordained, like, let's talk <laughs> about that. Um, well, cause I I'm guess. curious, What position did that look like? And did you grow up in Alabama? Like, are you originally from there or are you transplanted there because of your your job now?
2: Yeah, no, I 100% grew up in Alabama. I grew up in Klan, Alabama, so it's in the middle of the state. It's known for peaches. Okay, okay, Um, all right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) There's only two peach water towers in America. One of them's in Alabama, one's in South Carolina. No in Georgia, so...
1: Interesting. Okay. Random facts on the podcast today. All right. So you're from Alabama. And then tell me, what did it look like? Especially, I mean, you're saying at 18, you felt called, Mm -hmm. you knew that God was leading that way. So unpack that a little bit. What did that look like?
2: Okay. So I think we need to start with beforehand, maybe a little bit. So before all of that, um, I came to know Christ. I came to know Christ at 10 and I rededicated at 14. So like there was some okay. like questioning years <laughs> of so, like this four years of so being like, I don't know. I believe that I really did come to know Christ at 10, but I think that my head knowledge needed to, my heart knowledge needed to catch up with my head. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like I yeah, think I yeah. had all the intellectual knowledge at 10, but I don't think my heart really understood it quite yet. So anyway, that's, you know, a bunch of, theological christian christiany <laughs> talk um but during that time so around the age of nine really i start i went i started going online <laughs> as many mm-hmm. children do and i'm literally like every parent's worst nightmare so i'm uh, <laughs> i'm very sorry like i uh yeah i'm like the worst person to talk to like to like uh about like I don't know, um, safety on the internet because I definitely probably thank God I was, you know, safe, but, and I, and I also trusted my parents enough that I, uh, if I ever felt uncomfortable, I'd be honest with them. But anyways, that's besides the point. So I went online looking for community about Harry Potter. I know that this is already turning some people off cause they're <laughs> like, what? Harry Potter oh. how dare you he the child <laughs> um, but I couldn't help it I loved Harry Potter I loved it it helped me learn how to read Harry Potter did a lot for me I actually was in special ed reading class and in speech I had a speech um, impediment mm-hmm. and I because I read Harry Potter I got into gifted class and got out of those classes within one year
1: wow okay uh, well, so, so Harry so Potter did for me. they're huge books so you yes. know that's good it's good
2: Yeah, Harry Potter did a lot for me. I think also it just, I don't know, it gave me some comprehension that I needed. So, anyway, so i loved harry potter i went online looking for community because there wasn't a lot of people in my area obviously reading harry potter at the time (laughs) and so i went online and i found some forums because that was like the only thing that existed besides chat rooms at the time forums felt safer (laughs) Mm. and so uh, i found some friends in the forum and then we ended up creating our own harry potter fan site it's actually an australian harry potter fan site so i didn't like create it my friend andy (laughs) created it uh, I've never actually met Andy in person. We've been friends all these all this time, twenty, 20 years, right? That's We've been awesome. friends, and I've never met Andy. He lives in Australia. Uh, but then there are several others, right, that helped create this uh, forum. And we had a so we had a forum and a fan site. The forum ran for like probably six, seven years, and I admined it. I, I like administrated it uh, mm-hmm. at the very beginning. So I helped set up a lot of the rules and the threads and the conversations that were and the events that we created. We created like an annual Yule Ball event, which was really silly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff as kids. It was really fun, but we had probably like 10,000 members in our heyday. Wow. Like, okay. it, it, yeah, and we won an award from JK Rowling. So it was not just, I guess, a little thing. And I never told any of my friends about it. You know, like they kind of knew. Like they were like, (laughs) Katie loves Harry Potter and she like does stuff on the internet you know yeah, uh, yeah i think people automatically think i must have been like a like a per, a shun shunned kid or something like i must have just been at home by myself all the time that's not the case i was class president i was <laughs> you know I was, I was pretty well liked i think by like totally like normal k through 12 rural high school um but i needed like an additional outlet i felt like yeah yeah and uh, this gave me that so i could talk to all these people but while I was doing that what I, I didn't realize until much later, really until my 20s, what I was doing the entire time was I was sharing the gospel very intentionally with thousands of people on the internet through Harry Potter. When I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what God has called me to. He's called me to share the gospel online and to help people figure out how they can create community online so that they can share the gospel through just normal relationships that you have with people. Mm-hmm and so because I met people through Harry Potter that I would have never met in my normal walk of life right right Right. and so it put me in uh areas where I could talk about like going to church and stuff because a lot of these kids weren't going to church I thought this was like I think every child in America was doing on Sunday morning and uh to find out that that was not the case was pretty like mind-blowing right and so I tell them oh well we learned about this at church have you ever learned about Jonah in the well or something you know like so I was like I really, like I would be making metaphors between like story stories in Harry Potter and like the stories that happened in the Bible and the themes and how they matched up. And um, anyway, so it was it was a really good time of me just learning about technology. And I love technology and I loved um, sharing the gospel online. And I just wasn't sure how that was all going to work together uh, during that same time. Um, my dad got really sick. Uh, he died from alcoholism, uh, when I was Mm -hmm. 18 Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people think, Oh, that means he must've been terrible. That's not true. My dad was a great human. He was just depressed. Um, and so that was kind of a really, obviously a pretty difficult time for me. And I realized that God, and I had also lost a friend in actually a tornado. I don't know if you've heard about the tornadoes that hit a high school in Alabama in 2007. Okay. Uh, but one of those, uh, people, there's like eight children that died. And one of those children w- were one of my friends.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, anyways, I'd seen a lot of suffering <laughs> from a very yeah. young age and a lot, a lot. I, yeah. yeah. And my middle name is joy though. And I always feel like God has called me to it even when it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I, so during this time, right, I was, president of my fellowship of Christian students at my high school. Uh, God had really grown it so amazingly. I have seen so many people come to know Christ um, through that ministry and I just knew that God was calling me to more. I had actually answered the calling ministry twice. I think I answered the calling ministry once when I was 14. And then I was told that I couldn't be a pastor. Um, so I was <laughs> like, okay, I don't uh, know how everybody yeah. feels about that. I'm not going to like go into that because I, you know, I yeah. was told that, yeah. that that wasn't a possibility for me. I'm so grateful for that no, though, because it led to my yes. Mm. Um, that no ultimately led to God calling me to what he has called me to today. And if I had gone off on that tangent, I would be a totally different person today. And I think God has called me uniquely for such a time as this, right? Like, I think he has called me for for this time where we really do have to figure out community on the Internet. So anyway, um, when I was 18, yeah, my dad had just passed away. And, uh, I went on youth retreat two weeks after, which is terrible timing <laughs> I mean, to go oh. on youth retreat. I think I just needed a place to grieve. And during that time I was like, no, God really has called me. I definitely know. And I'd been discipled. I'm so fortunate. Uh, I went to a small country church. My, my church, my family helped was has been a part of that church since it started in 1818, a year before Alabama became a state.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So a long tradition history at Mulberry yeah. Baptist. And it's just a small church, it's not you know it's I had a hundred members on average and but I was so fortunate that at that church, I was discipled intentionally by my pastor and by um, the deacon, the head deacon, Mr. John Clenner. Uh, I was in John's Sunday school class in sixth grade and I was the annoying kid who was asking what does this mean about like <laughs> all the questions yeah <laughs> yeah I was being the the worst you know <laughs> like uh, why does Jesus spend three days in the tomb <laughs> is that mm-hmm. even important like does that really with anything and you know what was great though is that instead of me just asking John a bunch of questions and getting answers right John asked me a bunch of questions because he was like, "I want you to to know why you believe what you believe." Yeah. And so, for every question I asked him, he asked me like three more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it became this really great relationship. He's just—he's a furniture store owner, a Vietnam veteran, and uh, I just have so much respect for him. He—he's not like you know. He he is a super theologian, I think, of himself, but like, you know, I, I don't think he went to seminary or anything. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I love about John is that he he loves the gospel and he wants to make sure that people understood it, and especially for sixth graders. I think that was amazing that he, he decided he wanted to teach sixth graders mm, yeah. uh, the gospel. So anyways, John and I met pretty much like weekly, you know, every every Sunday, uh, even when I, I wasn't in a Sunday school class anymore. It just... You know talked about the bible and, and and went through it through it together and and he always like had great resources for me and so i felt like i was like i thought everybody had this like everybody had this really intentional discipleship relationship because that's what jesus has called us to mm-hmm. uh, but i know that that's not the case anymore a lot mm-hmm. of people just go through discipleship and it's just through a bunch of classes at church and don't get me wrong i think classes at church are good i think they're supplementation but i think like the one-on-one-ness of like really getting to know somebody and them really walking you through scripture, um, and you know working through it together, mm-hmm. it is what God, what Christ calls us to, right? And so, anyways, I felt really fortunate. So, of course, you know the head deacon and then the pastor have been intentionally deciding me all this time, and I think that's when they decided they, the church voted on it. And so, it's so funny. My mom didn't even know um, And so <laughs> they, they made it unanimous. That I would be licensed to ministry. So I'm not ordained. I'm licensed. Uh, okay. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, they licensed me to ministry and they said, you know, my, I can remember my pastor saying God has done some extraordinary things in Katie's very ordinary life hmm. and we don't want to get in her way. If God is calling her somewhere that she needs to be able to do these basic tenets of the faith, and so um, they licensed me in ministry, and so then I went to the University of Mobile for my undergrad. And it was so funny because uh, I wasn't in the school of Christian studies; I studied computer information systems, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And. And it was so funny because there were tons of guys who were in the School of Christian Studies trying to get licenses at Baptist churches working internships, like, you know, like scrubbing floors. And I'm like, I didn't have to do any of that. I thought this was just something they gave to you because your life proved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how Um, cool
1: is that, though? I mean, I love your story already just in like from Harry Potter and getting to connect with people at a very young age all across the planet, literally. To then having two men, two brothers in Christ, like fostering that relationship and really like honing in on your gifts and affirming those gifts. You know, I think that Mm -hmm. like, sadly, is not being afraid, not normal, you know, for women.
2: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, they're afraid of it a lot of times. mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I love just that you've grown up in this church and that they've loved you and discipled you well, and then like sent you out. And that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing, you know? And so Mm -hmm. there's just so much encouragement, I think, in your story and just being able to see how God has put together. Even just little hobbies and how it became something to where God used it as a platform to spread his gospel and spread his name. So, um, just really, really fun to get to hear all of that, I think. Um, And I want to meet your pastor and the deacon, (laughs) the furniture owner. Uh, (laughs) So, okay, fast forward a little bit to today. I mean, you're a professor, you're leading this online communication. So let's talk a little bit about, um, especially even in our time right now, because I've heard it said, I don't know how many times that we're so isolated now, you know, and people are kind of battling loneliness and churches are kind of scraping to figure out, okay, how do we get our people together, but not actually together? So talk to me a little bit about in this crisis, like, what have you seen, and then let's kind of talk through some practical
2: things on what do we do how do Mm -hmm. we get
1: people together
2: well i think the most important thing to remember here is that the church is not a building Mm, yeah we love our buildings um but we are not a building we are a people group the church is a people group you and i are the church even though we just met each other Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) and so uh, you know the church is a people group first and foremost um and so we the medium has changed how we are meeting And so the medium is normally together in one room. And I am not against that. Like, I am pro that. I love being at church with people. I love fellowship. Man, there is nobody who loves a church potluck more than Katie Allred. (laughs) Let me tell you, I love a good casserole. Okay, well, I was about to say, what dessert do you go toward? What's your favorite Baptist dessert? Yeah. I think it's like a good, like, dirt cake thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the Oreos and the pudding. Okay. But you love a good peach cobbler. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've got so much, you know, like I immediately I kind of started to think of banana pudding, but I don't know. Mm, the dirt cake banana is good. Pudding, it, man. It's a classic too. <laughs>
2: It's true. I mean, you know that that one lady's always making the dirt cake, and you're like, yep, yeah, yeah. It's a classic. It's a staple. Although, you know, Mr. Warren McCraw, Mr. Warren McCraw, he makes the best dressing, chicken dressing you will ever have in your life at Mulberry Baptist Church. So, um, oh man, you gotta go. You gotta go get that one day. Um, but, uh something to write home about so i am not against like uh like i think obviously buildings and spaces are important i think they're cohesive to creating great worship right like that that really connects us with the lord but at the same time uh we can still meet in in online it's totally possible and we can create great worship experiences online and so but how does that what does that look like right yeah a lot of churches are doing live streaming this one-to-one connection I like it for the sake of preaching, maybe, and for um, for keeping, I guess, the same feel of a Sunday morning. There are some things I don't like about it. So okay. I do want to talk about that. So yeah. I don't like that you don't see everybody. The mm-hmm. whole point of going to church on Sunday morning is you love seeing the familiar faces, right? There's no fellowship in a one-to-one. Yeah. Um, there is in a one-to-many, and, but it is harder to facilitate and so especially with churches that are mega churches right i worked at burntwood baptist in nashville for a few years for um like six years as their web content manager and i know it is so hard to like create real relationship through the internet you know and it's hard to um facilitate this from I don't know one to one to one to many and mm-hmm. so I think what you could do especially if you're a mega church, do the one to one do the live streaming um, I don't think you have to have I don't think you have to go to a your your church building anymore and do it like to in a huge empty auditorium. I don't think that's necessary yeah I think it's okay for your pastor to be at his home where he is comfortable and where he is safe um, because more than likely he is older. And, and to allow him to live stream from his couch with his iPhone. Honestly, yeah. I think yeah. that is okay and fine. Yeah. And you can do it through Facebook Live. You can do it through YouTube Live. There's a lot of different options. You don't have to necessarily use a professional streaming service necessarily. Um, and maybe that's not always the best option either. So what else? Um, but if you want to facilitate these one-to-many or like many-to-many connections, yeah. i was just talking about you know zoom is great there's talky it's uh talky.io t-a-l-k-y.io i think um and i have a list of these on churchcommunications.com if you want to look of okay. um, ways that you can create so zoom is like the most popular one but they do have a cap on the free uh edition i think you can only go for 40 minutes but if yeah. you want to do like a small group setting i so recommend that during these next couple of weeks when we're all alone, it's going to be so hard. Like I live alone completely. Mm-hmm. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. Like it has been, it has been extremely hard for me and I am a Christian. Like, and I love, yeah. like, and I, and I'm talking to people, but it has been hard because I've been, I've never been alone. I'm a super extrovert. I've never been alone like this and not able to go, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and get the the people time that I need. So um, I think that a great way to facilitate this is to use like a Zoom room or a talkie room or something like that and just set it up uh, and say every Thursday night we're meeting at six uh, with your small group or maybe you're doing it with your whole church. If your church is the church of 100 or 200, I recommend you all meet, like try to all meet in the Zoom room because the, mm-hmm. the Zoom room can hold like 100 people at like the max if you're paying for it. <laughs> And more than likely, not everybody can come if you're, you know, doing that. So um, I do recommend it. I think it's such a good way to fellowship. And you can mute everybody else if you want to do worship. Just have your worship pastor on there leading a time of worship and maybe mute everybody because there's a lag. And then you can do preaching on there too, right? Your pastor can come and take over and talk about it. And then y'all can actually talk one-on-one. This is probably the first time a lot of pastors have been able to, like, do this kind of one-on-one uh with their congregation right uh you can actually call out people what's great too i think a lot of pastors are so uncomfortable with it because they're talking to empty rooms right they don't see faces so they don't Mm -hmm. see people nodding and agreeing um don't do that if you don't like it you don't have to there's there's technology that allows you to be in the same space with each other online like zoom or adobe connect is a great one adobe connect i think might be free for like the next 90 days or something you have to check it out there's so many options out there uh, where you can connect in these digital spaces and make them feel as real as possible for for as long as we need to right Mm -hmm. Uh, because we really do want to protect I know a lot of people were very angry at first and very much like, no, we're still going to church. We really want to protect our elderly and vulnerable populations as much as possible. That's pro-life. Right. Right. Protecting the people that we love and cherish um, that are elderly and vulnerable. Like that's 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 super important to me. That's more important than um, us meeting together because we can meet together in a safe way on the Internet so yeah those are my thoughts about that <laughs> any questions <laughs> I,
1: no I think that's really good and I think you're throwing out just a lot of different resources that people I mean two of those I had never heard of before I know zoom is kind of the popular one right now but like mm-hmm. you said it's limited at the 40 minutes um so we'll make sure to link to her website in order to, for y'all to be able to you know kind of grab some of these different resources that she's suggesting I'm curious though um, especially because I think one of the hardest things about this whole thing is that that it's very much week to week you know like there you can make a plan um, I know our staff and um, all of us were like you know we had a plan and then things changed, you know thanks to the mm-hmm. governor or you know I mean it's so fast and so quick and so what are some ways that you suggest even using like social media um, email lists you know those kind of things to where we're really able to kind of keep everybody updated but then at the same time like what are some things that we need to be highlighting like one of the big things mm-hmm. um, Josh and I were talking was like, we've got to make sure that we're leading from a place of gratitude and ministry, as well as trying to be encouraging in these times. Because I think, you know, yeah, 100%. I'm feeling it. And like you're saying, you know, you're feeling it too, to where there's just kind of this like inner turmoil of, okay, we're stuck at home, you know, and like, it's been raining all week here in Arkansas. And so like, even today, it's just kind of feeling like, all right, how, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> and right. so I might be hitting my tip and we're only like three, four days in. So what are what are some things that we really need to be mindful of as we communicate on social media and even during our times to where we're meeting together over Zoom, those kind of things? Like, mm-hmm. How would you encourage us in that?
2: I think, you know, do make plans for your small group leaders about what to talk about and what to lean away from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it will be really hard to only talk about the virus. Yeah. Please don't only talk about the virus. Sure. I think yeah. that people are so overhearing about it like that's all my facebook feed is right now i need you to be the light in the darkness right now Mm, that's good yep and to sometimes to be the light in the darkness you have to do silly things and to be honest so that they'll pay attention so you know i uh shared like some funny commercials the other day on my feed and like so many people liked it right and that's that's good we want Mm -hmm. to be like it's okay to be the light in the darkness it's okay to be the salt of the earth right that gives uh, a little taste of uh, of hope right and so if we can try to like navigate our conversations in a way that give people hope, that, that's good. Try not to, you know, be alarmist, but also, you know, obviously be educated in what you're talking about. So I'm trying to think what else you should do. Um, yeah, I think small group leaders have a great opportunity here to talk to their groups and to do different things, like play games, like come mm. together and do a game night. You could play charades on Zoom. <laughs> yeah <You>, that's true <laughs> you can uh, there's this new um thing so if you have chrome the browser you can download this extension called netflix party and it will stream so you can sync netflix so that you all watch a sa- the same show on netflix at the same time and you have like a chat room interesting okay i hadn't heard so that. yeah right. so you can watch netflix together if you really want to um uh, i'm thinking <laughs> we might we might do that for church communications uh we actually set up a co-working room for church communications so that people who work in the church and who are in our group can like just show up in a zoom call in moment you know mm. so we just left the room open for people if they want to u- use it you know yeah um just trying to create, like, yeah, trying to create some stuff that helps bring people away from it too, for children. Right. Like, I think it'd be a great time to utilize your um, children's ministry to do activities with the kids that you can all like get stuff. Like, I mean, probably at home, a lot of people have coloring utensils. Like if you're, if you've got somebody in your church who knows how to draw, like, why don't you do like a, like draw with me sort of a thing or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just so yeah. many different things that we can do to help people. Um, be more positive during this time too so and be encouraging
1: yeah i love that and just like let's think outside of the box i mean i think we um have been kind of given an opportunity here especially the creatives you know to just be like okay what can this look like like how can we get into people's living rooms and mm-hmm. into their bedrooms you know and like and bring them together over just some fun things i know yesterday um josh did a like kind of facebook update with our church and he challenged mm-hmm. the kids to run around the neighborhood like up and down 10 times and yeah. then post posted a picture of him like on the floor um, of our driveway because <laughs> he couldn't make it like well I won't say how many times he could make it yes. um, but you know like it's just it's a fun way especially as leaders you know because yeah we've got to think of our people like they're bored they're frustrated mm-hmm. they're worried they're right. anxious you know and right. so what are ways that we can interrupt that not only with joy which you hit mm-hmm. on earlier but also just like how can we just live life a little bit differently and And break up the monotony yes yes absolutely i mean like in an email that i sent out to our women yesterday i was like limit your social media intake and limit the news cycle like we don't need 24 hours of Mm -mm. coronavirus updates you know like i feel like update is the trigger word right now for me Um, and like i don't need any more updates right now and so i think we have this beautiful opportunity to interrupt um just all that is going on right now and then bring hope bring joy bring peace all of those things that the gospel offers in fun and creative ways. I love your idea of like drawing, you know, and and those kind of things. So get creative and remember that your people need you, you know, and that right. you need your people. I think that's yeah. something
2: else that I've been thinking this week too. And maybe um, you love knitting. Like get together, and knit together on the internet. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, like y'all are, that. you can all be in the same space, even if you're being quiet. Like at least you see each <laughs> other, right? That's good. You want to see each other. The whole point is that we miss seeing each other.
1: Yes. Or not even like, I mean, there was a time yesterday where I just thought, I wonder how she's doing. I'm going to pick up the phone and I hate mm-hmm. talking and on the people. phone. call people. Like I, I hate it. Um, yeah, but then we just missed it, checking though. in. And so I think yeah. this is a big reminder. Like we need one another and we're going to have to really kind of push through this awkwardness and this, feeling to, all right, who do I need to like connect with today? And let's have a conversation. Even though I don't feel like having a conversation, I don't feel like I have anything to say. Like, let's just call or let's hop on Zoom or let's hop on Facebook Live and share something. Um, I mean, there's so many ways that I think we can really try to steward this well, if we can keep our minds and our hearts kind of cemented down. (laughs) Let
2: me give you one more idea. Let's do it. This is usually what I talk about when I talk about like uh, reaching your community online. I've had two people and probably have more have had more that I just don't know about yet um, from my group create groups for their community for needs. Hmm. Um, Because people are like trying to barter and swap right now because they're, Mm -hmm. um, for example, this is one. So what? Well, there's two groups. I know there's care mongering and I think there's another one called Nila needs and it's for Northeastern Louisiana. And so. In, in literally two days they have 2,000 members, two days, oh, 2,000 wow. members and okay. they're not associating it with their church because they don't want people to be turned off from it mm-hmm. but their church is moderating it and so they're posting like news about food banks and where food's available and like where you can go if you need this or that. But what's been great is I saw one in the caremongering group this woman was not able to get her baby formula. like she they, mm-hmm. the baby needs a certain specific kind of formula. And she couldn't find it at any of the stores and wasn't able to order it. And she posted about it in the group. And within 24 hours, she had 12 bottles on her front doorstep. Wow. Of this formula. Right. And so this is how the church can serve. Right. We we serve. We help with these felt needs of the Mm -hmm. community. And so I think that's going to be really important. I I think we can really change uh, the way we use social media too if we we help with that. So if there's like a person in your group or in your church that you know is really good already at social media, maybe this is a great time for them to create a group like this and moderate it and just help uh, the community at large. And then once this is over, this pandemic is over, use it to continue to serve your community. I think, you know, we're poised. For such a just i don't know for such a unique time and there is no other the church is uniquely created right now to provide community and to help with these felt needs and so
1: yeah, yeah let's figure it out i love it and you've really got to think especially with how churches like technically designed whether you call it small groups or sunday school mm-hmm. you know like we already have these set up groups within our congregation that really outside of that, you know, like my kids basketball team, they're not playing basketball right now, you know, like it's right. just over. And so I think we also need to remember that this is something that God has kind of put in our system like this. Yeah, is we've to done slow church. us down. And so let's reach out in the midst of that, you know, to yeah. where there's really not, I mean, schools are not meeting, sports is not done. And so what a beautiful opportunity to take what we already have implemented and then try to bring others into that, you know? And so, and yeah. how much easy it is. And like, I don't know, I don't know how people would feel about it, but hey, our group, like a couple of friends are hopping on a Zoom call. Here's the link, you know, maybe they right. would be more willing to hop in on that than actually walk into a church building. So, oh yeah, a hundred percent
2: they will be. Yeah. That's. that's the crazy part is that people are so not that was okay so i have a friend who started the first vr church i don't know if you've ever heard of vr church okay, <laughs> it's kind of controversial okay <laughs> vr church look it up uh it's De, dj soto it, it's okay. been mentioned in a wired magazine it's been on the day A show it's pretty wild uh he started this about two years ago vr church is where people meet in vr right so they have vr bodies and they meet in like a vr space So they're using those headsets you know Okay. Um. But what I found, and, and it's pretty controversial, I will say, uh, for a lot of people. But I what I've seen through DJ and through his ministry, man, he was a pastor of a mega church before he did this, is that he has seen so many people to come to know Christ that would have never entered the doors like of an actual physical church building, hmm. right? Because yeah. they were unafraid to join and to be, and especially in VR, right? You can be whoever you want to be. Tomorrow sure. you can change your avatar and be whoever um he's seen so many atheists and agnostic come to that church that he's never seen before and so it's just it's it's let people's guards down and of course yeah there's a little you know there's obviously going to be trolls and haters but god told us there are going to be trolls and haters anyway <laughs> right, right right and uh, it's just a different space right we just have to learn how to control them differently and 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 minister to them differently but mm. Uh, yeah, cool. it's just such a unique time, right, to be alive, that we can create these spaces for people. What I love, too, about VR Church is that it's helped a lot of people with special needs, right, sure. who, um, who don't have control of their bodies and can't physically like be in locations. Yeah, it's just it's such a unique time.
1: I mean, this shows how like vain I am, but I'm literally thinking, like, I wouldn't have to figure out what to wear. Like, that's awesome. Exactly. You know? <laughs> But there's obviously, like, I mean, what a great opportunity to where, again, I feel like so many times social media and technology, I mean, it really is kind of a beast, you know, it's a two-edged sword here Mm -hmm. to where it can be so consuming, but let's go church, you know, like, let's take it and then use it for good and use it to where people are needing community, people are needing encouragement, they're needing truth right now. And so I think, I hope by the end of this podcast, like, you're hearing that there's so much opportunity at the end of your fingertips and in your Mm -hmm. computer screen and on your phone that you can use to be leveraging not to scroll, not to, you know, like get more updates and those kind of things, but to literally invade people's lives and invite them into the gospel. And so I hope that you're encouraged at the end of this. I mean, like Katie has rambled off, I don't know how many different (laughs) resources that I can't wait to go
2: back and look up. And so so no, it's good. And again, we'll link to it to where, I mean, I'm happy to give everybody a call to action. Yeah.
1: Can I, I give I everyone exactly one call to action?
2: Is. Let's do it. Okay. What I would like for everyone to do right now on their social media profiles is to ask people what you can be praying for. What can I be praying for you? Yeah. I literally just want you to ask, what can I be praying for you? You will find that obviously a lot of people are going to want stuff about the virus, but obviously a lot of people are dealing with like dealing with their parents or that kind of stuff. Please write out your prayers back to them. Yeah. Don't say, yes, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to write them back and say, Lord, I want you to be with Maria and her mother and we pray for protection. Because a lot of people do not know how to pray. And mm-hmm. this may be the only time, this may be what they use as a template to pray for themselves. Okay. Yeah. And so I think it's so important that we model what, you know, what prayer looks like on the Internet. Yeah. And so just that's the easiest call to action. If you're like, I have no idea how to get started with all this and it sounds <laughs> overwhelming uh, to share the gospel online. I'm scared of it. Literally prayer is our direct connection to God. And it's the easiest thing we can do. I think it's our primary strategy for evangelism.
0: Hmm.
2: And um, yeah, like just just get started. It's, it's so easy. What can I be praying for you? And just see who comes to you and talks to you. People are waiting to just talk to you about the gospel, but they haven't had an opportunity. You have not invited them to have a conversation yet.
1: Mm, Yeah. And what tender hearts right now, you know, like in the loneliness, in the isolation, in the frustration and the unknown. Mm -hmm. And then the question of, Hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Like what's worrying you? Um, I love that call to action. So Katie, man, such great timing. I'm so thankful that we scheduled this. I'm thankful that in the midst of unknown and uncertainty that um, we were just able to one chat it's good to hear from you um, all, all the way to alabama and um and two hopefully just to encourage all of you leaders out there i know this is hard i know it's yeah. unsteady i know that it is constantly changing and so if your brain is like mine i mean it's just going nonstop. and then you're making yeah. a plan and then you're having to go to like plan z automatically and so <laughs> <Plan D>. hang, <laughs> hang in there know that we are praying for you that we are cheering you on um i will make sure to put Katie's links in the info for the show notes and everything so that y'all can connect with her. What a valuable resource SBC women have in her, in you, Katie. I'm just oh, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your gifts. I'm thankful for how God put this on your heart like way before a pandemic, right? Um, and that you are already putting together communities and people. And so thank you for serving. Thank you for loving the church and working hard for her.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for having me on the podcast today
1: as always, we're so glad that you joined us. I hope that you'll share this with other women that you know, with even other church leaders. This isn't just a women's conversation, obviously. This is um, the church conversation. And so we would love to hear your ideas and maybe throw those out in our Facebook group that we have. And I hope that you will join us next week for another episode of At The Table. We're thankful for you guys. Keep going.
0: You have been listening to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in Kingdom Mission. Thanks for listening.